update at noon. So for more on this, we join on the line by Director of uh, Open Secrets, Henny Van Fieren. Henny, good to speak to you again. Welcome to Update at Noon. Sakina, good afternoon uh, and good afternoon to the listeners. Good to be here. Thank you. So are we any wiser than we were on Monday after the media briefing? Sakina, I would argue not. Um, I've been trying to follow as closely as I can um, the, the briefing this morning in Parliament. Um, and firstly, I think it's worth commenting that Minister Lamola only gave Parliament an hour of his time. Uh, he's accountable to Parliament and then said he needed to leave for a cabinet meeting. Of course, as Minister of Justice, his responses are key because we need to hear from him as the political decision maker. Ultimately, as we know, the NPA is an independent institution, but he has responsibility for a much bigger, broader campaign to tackle issues of corruption within within the state. And I think we heard very little from him other than what sounded like an irritation with uh, fellow members of parliament who he, came, he claims were, were, were politicking this morning. And then from Advocate Batoy, again, uh, the mantra, we are not in crisis. I think these are talking points that she repeats over and over again. But unfortunately, they don't seem to speak to the deep-seated problems that are facing both the NPA and the overall efforts to tackle um, corruption and, and, and the ability to deal with high-profile important crimes, whether they're crimes of apartheid, whether they're financial crimes of Stein or for others, or for that matter, the mega crimes of state capture. Uh, and, and I don't think we've heard adequate responses. R- correctly, if I can, Sakina, make one point. What we heard now in your clip, the clip that was just played, was an, a point made by um, Advocate Batoy, which I think is an important one. We should not reduce this to a fight between Advocate Batoy and Advocate Cornea. It's, uh, you know, that then reduces this to a, a personalities clash. I think what we need to focus on are the broader, deeper structural issues that face the NPA and they are real and that we should treat them with a crisis and as, as urgency. But Sakina, I think they run deep and into a range of other departments within the state that are equally uh, tasked with uh, of, uh, tasked with investigating and ensuring that matters are brought to the NP- NPF of, of prosecution of these high-profile crimes. Mm-hmm. But listening to Advocate Batoy, um, uh, uh, it's difficult to actually you know, come to that because in as much as you right and she is right that you know we should resist the temptation uh, to be reductionist on this matter however when she talks about the media portraying an incorrect narrative but she's not willing to give us the correct narrative, not willing to answer the questions about what actually happened. I, I was listening to Advocate uh, Glynis Breitenbach of the DA, you know, talking about Advocate Hermione Cronier as someone who knows and understands, you know, this particular arena very well. She's no shrinking violet. So what actually happened? And in the absence of the NDPP taking South Africa, the portfolio committee at least, into her confidence, how are we supposed to know? Because that only will lead to further speculation. Yeah, I I think the NDPP correctly, Sakina, did nothing today to try and to stop the speculation. And I think we are right to speculate. Um, I think she wants this all put to to bed um, and and finds this an unpleasant experience. But I think it's time that she too recognises that we find 
the, the conduct of senior officials within the NPA deeply unpleasant in the way in which they are dealing with, with matters that are important to this nation. Whether it's the apartheid crimes that aren't dealt with, and we hear Advocate Cock before the committee telling us today that he's apologetic and he's sorry. Well, that's not good enough, Sakina. Every time he appears before a camera, he tells everybody that he's sorry, but he doesn't ensure that these matters are dealt with, that the, that the, the, uh, the credit for the Kalata and other families are informed that the prosecutions were not to happen, uh, going to proceed by the 2nd of de December. We are now told that that letter got lost somewhere, it wasn't sent, or they couldn't find individuals whose names we all know that are linked to that family to simply inform them. And it shows not only an inefficiency, but it shows an uncaring, and that buck has to stop at the door of people like Advocate Cock and Advocate Batoy. And maybe let me add, Sakina, um, you know, I think critically when we hear uh, Minister Lamola this morning and Advocate Batoy say, uh, well, it took us a year or two to find a building on an office space for the investigative directorate. You know, I, I think, uh, Sakina, if, if one of if if the state has decided that uh, we need the only way we're going to tackle high profile crimes is the creation of the independent directorate, because the other institutions have been so wholly captured and the rest of the NPA, then surely you would throw everything behind this institution to make it work but you haven't. But Advocate Batoy and her senior managers failed to ensure that this institution was up and running within, you know, within months. When we listen to, and I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to be his praise singer, but we listen to the history in our country when Advocate uh, Bulalanguka had to set up the NPA in, I think, 1998, if I recall, Sakina. He tells a tale of how he would go around to various uh, offices within government departments and borrow furniture and and they managed to get an, an old dilapidated office somewhere and they started working and and the point is this is that you do everything to make an institution work and uh, it does seem that the managers with the NPA didn't do haven't done enough uh, and and certainly there are uh, you know points uh, to be made and they will probably be leaked to the media of some kind of conflict between advocate uh, Kronhier and others she is a person who speaks her mind and, uh, and I don't think is necessarily a diplomat, but she certainly has spoken out about the nature of the problems within the National Prosecuting Authority and elsewhere. And, and I think that her departure gives us an, a point, an, an opportunity to focus on the, the very deep problems. The, the NPA, for example, has the ability to prosecute, but it isn't an investigating agency, and there aren't sufficient investigators even employed within the investigative directorate. This is a question that should have been asked of the, of the national director today. If she's relying on the police to, uh, to bring the matters to her, clearly they aren't doing that work because there isn't the capacity and because there are remnants of state capture and, and other criminal networks operating with crime intelligence and the police, as we see time and time again, just last week before the South African Human Rights Commission, it became apparent that the, the information from crime intelligence simply can't be trusted. So, so it's, it's, um, I, I think we don't want to make the problem so big that we can't solve it, Sakina, but equally we need to recognize that it is far-reaching within the state. It is, in fact, a crisis. Um, it can't be reduced to some kind of a personality uh, uh, politics. And, and it demands urgency, um, not only for Advocate Batoy to try and, in a way, deflect the questions that are asked. It demands an urgency from the political leadership in this country, from President Ramaphosa, from the Minister of Justice and others, to show us leadership on this issue, to clean up state institutions 
uh, tasked with investigating corruption across the board. Mm. And uh, just a final one before I let you run, Henny, with regard to the NPA waiting to take watertight cases to court. Well, you know, the reaction from the members of parliament was that, are you saying at this point that you've not had a single watertight case to take to court, which also speaks to your previous point, but again, something that you and I have canvassed before, uh, it speaks to the capacity and the ability within the NPA to actually address and prosecute these particular cases. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and again, I think that that point we should be constantly remind ourselves of the the capacity to 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 prosecute has been deeply eroded. The capacity to investigate, obviously, every prosecution relies heavily on 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 evidence that has been procured lawfully um, by skilled investigators. And all all the suggestions are that those uh, crucial aspects simply are not present, and they they seek to and they serve rather to undermine. Uh, any successful prosecutions. Um, Sakina, I think that it is correct that there are there is a rear guard of people who have benefited from state capture, who are linked to criminal networks, who are seeking to undermine efforts to, to, to find justice in South Africa for people who are ultimately the victims of of crimes, of economic crimes that are human rights violations. And and those people are active. But equally, there are a large group of people who have frankly little interest um, in, in ensuring that state institutions work in line with their constitutional mandate and are effective. Um, and those people too need to be rooted out. So mm. it's not good enough for Advocate Batoy, if I may make that point again, Sakina, today to say, no, no, there is no, there is no if you like, a third force operating here. Yeah, there's no one with a political motive. We've got this in hand. Well, frankly, it doesn't seem like you have it in hand. And, and I think one isn't being critical because one wishes to undermine the NPA. One wishes to see Advocate Patoy and her colleagues succeed. But equally, they need to be able to take this criticism on the chin and then provide us, as you say, take the public into your confidence, provide the leadership and show us the plan. This morning, we saw no plan. We saw further deflection. And the problems simply, unfortunately, are not going to go away. And therefore, I think it's important that pressure is kept on these public institutions to perform and to perform in the interests of South Africa's people. Henny Lucanio is waiting, but I have to ask you about this because there, there, there was something that was said by Advocate Batoy that kind of gave me the sense that uh, – she may be somewhat fearful. There may be uh, a bit of a chilling effect on her somehow or another uh, when she talks about uh, essentially the fear of taking a case, especially with regard to state capture to court that is not winnable. And uh, I think she actually used the word, you know, what people will say about that uh, should it happen. What should we read into that just very briefly? Yeah, briefly, I, I, I think that, that, that the failure on one of the Estina cases, if we recall the Estina dairy farm that was the subject of state capture plunder, has probably informed that where the state went in, in part underprepared. Um, there was the, they, they did fail in that uh, instance, and that might have had a chilling effect. And correctly, they must do their homework. But then the question is, you can't then say, you, this is your job, so you can't respond to this by saying, well, therefore, we are going to spend 
uh, in inordinate amount of time on cases. You've got to go to the root cause. If the root cause is that you don't have the people who are there, then you need to shift those people out and you need to give contracts to people who are going to work in an institution like that to do their jobs, to say to the Minister of Police, I want top investigators from the police working on this, not a group of captured uh, corrupt cops potentially, so that we can be effective. And, and that I don't think we heard Advocate Cornea saying, and she has every right to stand firm today uh, and say to, to Parliament, these are the problems and these are the things we need fixing. And I think until she does that, we won't have actually be, been able to deal with the root causes. Henny van Vieren, thanks so much for your time. Henny is the director of Open Secrets and uh, just uh, analysing basically what's come out of that briefing to Parliament by the National Director of Public Prosecutions and for an hour earlier this morning, the Minister of Justice as well. So uh, regarding the matter of the Craddock 4, we join on the line now by uh, Lucanio Tralata. But before we speak to Lucanio, let's just take a listen uh, to the explanation by the NPA for missing its own deadline on the Craddock 4 matter. The position in that matter is that the, the, in an effort to get the, the NPA to move faster, the, the, the family brought an application to compel the NPA to make a decision. The matter was in court and we had to, um, the NPA made a decision, um, made, a, made a commitment to make a decision by the 2nd of Dece- December. Namhula, is that right? By the 2nd of de- December. But it was, it, was, it was dependent on investigations being complete. But yes, there was a commitment. Um, the the Prosecutors handed the docket over to the um, lawyers representing the families. And they then identified a whole lot of issues that required further investigations. That we were not going to, the NPA was not going to be able to, to meet the deadline that they had in fact committed to. And, and what the, the prosecutors then did is that they, um, the, 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 um, DPP of the Eastern Cape, uh, Mr. Barry Madolo, who is now himself personally involved in these matters, um, on the first of uh, where do I have a date? On the first on the first of December, sent a letter to um, indicate that the, the, we were not going to be able to meet this deadline. And that was the National Director of Public Prosecutions, Advocate Chamila Batoy, explaining what had happened and what led to the NPA missing its own deadline uh, regarding that uh, prosecutorial decision on the Craddock 4 matter. So joining us now is Lucanio Tralata, uh, the son of the late uh, Ford Tralata, one of the Craddock 4, and they as were assassinated. And he's, of course, also the spokesperson for the Fort Tralata Foundation. Lucanio, good afternoon. Welcome to Updated News. Good afternoon, Sakina. Thank you so much for having us. So where would you like to start? Uh, firstly, the explanation on why the, uh, you were not informed as uh, the Tralata Foundation or the family about uh, the missing of that deadline. Are you satisfied? <laughs> Look, I mean, no, it's, we're not satisfied because at no point has the NPA issued an apology. 
Yes, they have now given an explanation to Parliament, but at no point has anybody said, oh, and you know what, we would like to apologize to the families uh, for, you know, our uh, omission or whatever the case it was. But, you know, at least there's now an explanation. We are not satisfied with it. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, at least we got some uh, something from them, some form of acknowledgement that, yes, indeed, there was a commitment that they then failed to meet. And just in moving things forward, um, Lucanio, with regard to where matters stand. So Advocate Batoy uh, speaks about what had happened previously. He says mm. everything can't be blamed on uh, the current crop of people in the NPA because we know what had happened previously. Uh, she kept making reference uh, to uh, previous interference with regard mm. to this particular matter of the TRC files. So what was mm. your takeaway from that? Well, I think, Sakina, honestly, I can say that at the moment we are seeing some level of political will that's coming through from the government and, of course, the party that leads government, which is the ANC. So even for the matter of the Craddock Four to be discussed in a parliamentary portfolio committee today shows that there is a level of political will that now exists. Previously, they, that political will wasn't there. And, and because of that, uh, you know, the NPA was allowed to just sit on their, uh, you know, sit on their hands and not and not and not do anything. And also, we do, of course, know that there was indeed political interference that stopped people such as Vusi Piccoli uh, and, and others, uh, most likely, from prosecuting TRC cases. So, as far as we're concerned, we are seeing that there's that political will. So now, what we need to do and what we will do is to capitalize on that will and to ensure that these matters are moved uh, forward. Today is a very, very important day for us because, I mean, now this matter is being discussed in Parliament. There are certain commitments that have been made before Parliament and therefore before the country. So we as the Foundation will be able to use some of those commitments to be able to hold the NPA, Advocate Rodney de Kock and Advocate Shamila Batoy accountable to some of these commitments that they've made today. There is, of course, a small matter, shall we say, of a deal that was struck. And um, the, the now late former president, F.W. de Klerk, spoke about this, mm. and he was not contradicted in any way, mm. shape or form by anybody in the current mm. government or from the NPA or anywhere else in terms mm. of his assertion of a deal that mm. was struck. So mm. what do we know about that deal? And should we know about what was uh, yeah. the, 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 the contents and the details mm. of that deal? Yeah. Sakina, I agree with you 100%. We should know almost everything about the contents of that deal. Because remember, from that deal that was exposed by F.W. de Klerk uh, earlier this year, we now know that, that, that members of the apartheid security forces got into an informal agreement with, with some leaders of the ANC to prevent the prosecution of TRC cases. We know that. What we don't know is 
on whose mandate did the ANC leaders get into a deal like that with, 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 with apartheid uh, murderers and killers? Because they did not do so on our mandate. So whoever it was from the ANC that went and got into some deal not to prosecute Fort Khalata's murderers did not do so with the permission and the mandate of Fort Khalata's family. So those individuals must be brought to light. We must know who they are and they must answer for how could they go and sell out the blood of our martyrs like that? How could the ANC do that to us? How could they do that to us? Because our fathers died pursuing the, you know, the ideals and, and the objectives of the African National Congress, only for some among them to then turn around and say, I know you, we're not going to prosecute Fort Kalata's murderers, maybe give us a tender or maybe give us whatever. So we need to know, and this is why it's so important that this inquiry uh, that's going to look into these matters is, must be an open inquiry, and we must know exactly what happened in those deals. So we're very pleased that, uh, you know, let me put it like this, we're very sad, actually, that Justice Kate O'Regan had turned down the opportunity to lead this inquiry, but let's see who else the Minister of Justice uh, can announce uh, to lead this inquiry. Lukanyo Talata, thanks so much for speaking to us. Uh, Lukanyo is the spokesperson for the Fort Talata Foundation and the son of Fort Talata, one of the Craddock Four assassinated in 1985. Update at noon.